0: I want to start out a little different this morning. Um, I want to dedicate this sermon uh, on All Saints Day uh, to my mother and father, Um, um, my two grandmothers, uh, who taught me the importance of worship and the priority of worship. And I'll come back to that in a little while in my sermon, but that's that's really important to me today. We've been asking the question over the last couple of weeks, what if? This morning, what if we made worship a priority, the priority of our week? What if we made worship the priority of our week? You know, I've always uh, loved oxymorons. You know what oxymorons are? You know, oxy is that which means sharp in Latin. Moron is, moros means dull, from which we get the word moron. Um, Here's some of my favorites. I'm going to put them up. Jumbo shrimp. (laughs) Freezer burn. White chocolate. I mean, where did they come up with that? You know, chocolate should be chocolate, plastic silverware, <laughs> airline food. <laughs> here's sanitary landfill. <laughs> Professional wrestling. And here's my all-time favorite, United Methodist. Oh, you're groaning. Come on. Come on. Doug, give me an amen. (laughs) Here's the saddest oxymoron of all. Boring worship. Well? Is it? Hmm. It reminds me of a little story, and we're not to that point yet, but we'll get there in a second. Um, it reminds me of a story about a little boy who asked his mother, what's the highest number, mom, that you've ever counted to? And she thought for a minute, she said, oh, well, I really can't remember. What's the highest number that you've counted to? And he said, 5,372. And she said, really? Uh, I'm I'm curious. Um, Why that particular number? He said, well, that's when the worship service stopped. (laughs) Now, I think we are fortunate. We have great music, and we have great preaching. (laughs) 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 Uh, Just don't tell me otherwise, okay? (laughs) But sometimes... Sometimes worship is, mm, I don't even have a word to describe it, and I know what you're thinking, I know what you're thinking, that it's my job and David's job to make sure that worship is not boring, that it's engaging, that it's meaningful, that it's challenging, that... uh, It has uh, some movement and excitement. And and don't misunderstand me when when I make the next statement. Worship and the preparation of worship is the number one priority for me in my week. Because I believe that everything we do as a church starts in here on Sunday morning. But... Worship is about what's inside of us. So, what if? What if we started our worship with anticipation? What if the moment we woke in the morning, we were praying that God would use our worship and use our leaders to inspire? What if we began each Worship by praying for those around us. What if our first thought in this place was, Come, Lord Jesus, come? What if we committed to worship unless we were sick? What if, even if our kids are in a tournament, we found some way to be in worship? What if, what if even on vacation, we found a place to worship? What if worship was life and not a destination? Think about it. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. First, and I'm going to go pretty fast this morning, worship gives structure to life. Worship gives structure to life. Uh, David in Psalm 121 uses the, uh, uh, the, the building, the temple of Jerusalem as a metaphor. He says, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together. And and, and he's referring to that there were no loose stones, no leftover people, pieces, no awkward gaps in the walls. All things fit together, each doing what it was made to do. You see, David is using the building as a metaphor for our lives in worship. When worship is ingrained into our life schedule, worship provides a weekly struggle, a structure. We know where we're going to be on Sunday morning. We know what we're going to be doing. And and so we plan accordingly, I hope. No matter what our situation, we worship. And and for the ancient Hebrews to be in Jerusalem, uh, to see the temple, to see the buildings built there so carefully in honor of God they were reminded that their lives were shaped by God. That's worship. When we come to worship, we're reminded of God's presence. As Jesus said, when two or more are gathered together in my name, I am there with them. Now, I I don't believe that Jesus is saying that when we are in solitude that God is not there. That Jesus is absent. But I do believe that what Jesus is referring to is that special, that special moment when two or more are gathered in the name of the Lord. When two or more are gathered, and it is a multiplication of, of, the, of the Holy Spirit. It is a joining together of what of what God wants to do among God's people. It, it is that place where the veil between heaven and earth is at its Thinnest, where we are closer to the kingdom of God than any other time in our life. To worship is to be close to God. When life is coming apart, we worship. When nothing during our week has made sense, we worship. We come before God, we pray, we encourage one another, we hear God's word, and God fits the pieces together, not just in old ways, but in new ways, built as a city firmly bound together. Worship gives structure to life. Secondly, worship is um, it nurtures our need for God. It nurtures our need for God. When we come to worship, we are surrounded. We are inundated. We are <laughs> we are challenged with the presence of God. And, and we all have reasons for not coming to worship. Okay? Don't we? I mean, have, have you made it all 52 Sundays? Do you have an excuse? My father said one time, he said, I have sinned, but Lord, I have lots of great excuses. <laughs> it's my one day of the week to sleep late. Like. I don't have to go to church to worship God. I have to work on Sunday, and there's no way that I can get around it. I'm spiritual, but not religious. I'm still trying to figure out what that means. And I heard this once. I heard God say, you know, I don't want to be a part of an organization that would have me as a member. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) What? You know, I thought... This guy must really feel bad about himself. I'm not going to come to church because I don't want to be a part of them if they're going to have me. So I want to ask you, why are you here? I know you have some excuses. I mean, for Christmas sakes, you sh- could have started your Christmas stock shopping this morning. <laughs> you know? Parents, your kids are just coming down off their sugar high. You know, why are you here? I mean, it's a great, beautiful day outside. The Cowboys aren't playing this afternoon. There's so many things. That, why are you here? Why did you walk through those stores? I get paid to be here. Okay? <laughs> it's just said, that, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but seriously, is there any other place you'd rather be? Hmm. Are you inspired? Are you glad to be here? In Psalm 122, verse 4, David says, As was decreed by the Lord. The word decreed means to instruct, to require, um, to stand for no other. (laughs) And when I look at the Bible, the Bible really doesn't pay much attention to our feelings. Um, (laughs) Eugene Patterson said, feelings are great liars. You know, if, if feelings ruled our life, you know... How much work parenting, studying, shopping, housework and yard work could ever get done? Coming to worship when we don't feel like it, may be the most important time to come. Hmm. So here's the deal. We can't hold fast to our faith on our own. We cannot. We cannot love our neighbor without the help of our fellow Christians. We need each other. We need encouragement. And this gathering is not just about us. And our inspiration is not just about what's happening up here. It's what's happening in your heart with the Holy Spirit. Worship nurtures, it reminds us of our need for God. So, okay, what now? What now? It's All Saints Sunday. A day that we remember those who have gone before us. Those who have sat over there and that empty chair are over there in that one or back there in the back. Those that we can even now just think about, their presence beside us. It's All Saints Sunday. And for me, this year, it's an emotional year. Two years ago, I buried my mother. Just a few weeks ago, I said goodbye to my father. And And here's why remembering them is so important in terms of talking about worship. For them, worship was not a choice. It was a way of life. I can count on two hands the number of times that I've missed worship in my entire life. Um, It was just ingrained that this was a part of the, of the rhythm of life. And I'm not, don't misunderstand me, I've been in a lot of worship services that I was not engaged. But I cannot say that I have been in any worship service where God didn't do something. And it's because of them. They taught me that that worship was such a priority that when we went on vacation, we found a place to worship. When it came to sports, find a way or you don't play. You know, that was kind of tough, you know. Wait a minute, Dad. You've got to be kidding me. Find a way, son. There's Saturday nights, sir. You know. No matter what. They taught me also this, that worship is not just about Sunday morning that worship is a way of life. It's not just to be done in the church, but everywhere. Now, don't misunderstand me. For for them, Sunday worship was the starting place. It was the number one priority. It was the place where all other worship began. But for them, life was worship. In every place, on, on every day, in every way. It, it, what's really interesting, my mother was always the challenging type person, and so she would always come up with a question uh, on, on Sunday morning for us to consider, my, my sister and I. And as a teenager, I I got a little rebellious. That's, I think that's a nice word to say. And so one of the questions that she would introduce to me would be, do you want to eat? Because if I didn't go to church then I didn't get to eat lunch that's a pretty big motivator for a growing teenager by the way Um, I hope your parents don't try that on you guys Um, but most of the time the questions were more like this son what does God need to hear from you today what do you need to tell God how are you doing And how can you share that? What struggles do you have? Name them, catalog them, and carry them to leave them. What's new in your life that you can ask for God's participation? What are your blessings to count them? What sins do you need to confess How is your heart? What are your burdens today? And can you leave them at this place? So I ask you again. What if we made worship the number one priority in our life? What if? As we come before the Lord, hear this invitation. Christ invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sins before God and one another. Gracious God, we confess that we have not always loved you with our whole heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength. We have not loved our neighbor as much as we have loved ourselves. As individuals and as your church, we have not always done your will. Our obedience has been expressed by breaking your laws, not caring enough for the needy, And even rebelling against your presence in our hearts and minds. At times we have failed to do what we should have done. Even what we should not have done. Forgive us in Christ's name we pray. Send your spirit upon us and renew a right spirit in us. Thus freeing us once again for joyful obedience and service through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory
1: to God. Amen. The Lord be with you.
0: And also with you.
1: Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, right to give our thanks and it is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and fathers, God of our children to all generations. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn Holy, holy, holy 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 Lord, God God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in in the highest.
0: Blessed Blessed is he who comes
1: in in the the name name of of the Lord.
0: Lord. Hosanna Hosanna in in the the highest. highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of, my new, of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Renew our communion with all your saints, especially those whom we name before you. Dorothy Bertie Waters.
1: Roger Baker,
0: Donna Miller.
1: Carl Troyer.
0: Dee Dee Cooper.
1: Please stand if a loved one of yours has died in the past year.
0: May we all stand to honor the 40 million martyrs Mm -hmm. who have died in the history of the church and those martyrs who have died in the past year. You may be seated. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses that strengthen us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now, with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Our Father Father in heaven, heaven. Hallowed be your name.
1: Your Your kingdom kingdom come. come.
0: Your your will will be done. On earth as in heaven. Give us us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our our sins as we forgive Forgive those who sin against against us. And lead us not into into temptation. Deliver us from from evil. evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. When we break the bread, is it not also a means of sharing in the body of Christ? And when we share the cup, is it not also a means of sharing in the blood of Christ? You're invited to come at the usher's uh, direction. Uh, to come to the altar, you'll receive a portion of bread to dip into the cup. We, uh, if you need a gluten-free, we have those wafers available f- Uh, for, For you, just simply ask. We'll have them down at the front. In our tradition, we ask no questions of denomination or church affiliation, but invite all who proclaim the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior to come to this table, the Lord's table. And so you are invited. Please come.